Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. After last night's season opener in Kansas City, we are officially in week one. It is Friday, and that means it is time for the Prop Pod. And joining me to break down our top 10 props on the board, it is Jeff Ulrich, a.k.a. The Fantasy Grind. Jeff, how's it going? Ah, it's going really good, man. I mean, obviously, we got the first game out of the out of the barrel and, you know, headed into week one. I mean, a lot of props already up on the board. A lot of props uh, I think you and I are both looking at. Some of them the same, some of them maybe not. But yeah, happy to happy to get at it, man. Just happy football's back, to be honest. So happy to get past that season opener. I was basically wrong about that game in almost every way you could be wrong about it from a sports betting perspective. So hopefully that ends up being my worst game of the year. Uh, probably it won't be. There will probably be some more sinkers along the way. But uh, just glad to get that one L uh, out of the way early. Uh, All right, so for the show, we're each going to break down our five props that we like for week one, starting at number five and working our way to our favorite props on the board. Uh, Degenerate bettors that we are, we have many more than five props loaded into our 100% free bet tracker at Fantasy Life, as well as all of our sides, totals, season-long futures, and awards bets. So be sure to check all of that out. Again, it's 100% free at Fantasy Life. We also have our official Fantasy Life player projections on the site and our player prop tool, which leverages our projections and compares them to the lines in the prop market to show the bets that we think offer the most opportunity. And of course, caveat, disclaimer, remember that lines can and often do move, and we update our projections regularly uh, in case there's a difference between what you see in the market and on the site and what we highlight here by the time you're listening to or watching this. All right, preamble out of the way. Jeff, let's start with our top 10 props. Number five, what prop do you like? Yeah, no, man. And and I mean, just to just to add on to that, obviously, make sure you guys keep checking, checking out the bet tracker and stuff. All these will be up. But I'm going with Desmond Ritter. I'm going to go under 197.5 passing yards. You know, I initially had Josh Allen in this spot and I don't hate going under on Josh Allen, but I just feel like this is a better spot. And part of this is, you know, I'm just going off our projections as well. I mean, I think our projections are pretty sharp on fantasy life. We have this as a really good edge uh, with Ritter at 197.5. We have projected for, I think, 15 to, to 17 yards under this. And this is also just comes down to, I want to fade the Carolina Panthers this year, Matt. Um, I'm going under their win total. I don't like them at all as a team. I'm not bullish on Frank Reich. And if I like Atlanta in this game, I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to have to pass much because Atlanta drafted a running back in the first round. They have three running backs on the roster they're going to use. They're going to run the ball especially if they're ahead, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, what they do dropbacks, they're, they're last in the league dropbacks over expectations, the team that runs the ball in every single situation in the league. So, uh, taking it under on Desmond Ritter, this seems like a low total it's under 200, but I really don't think it is. Um, you look at what he did last year, you know, went under this in two or four games, but even in the games he went over, I think he only hit around 220. So I think Atlanta is going to be ahead in this game. I don't think Ritter is going to throw much and I want to take the under. I like that. Um, I have this projected. So we have our our official fantasy life projections. I also do projections because uh, I want to be as degenerate, but as intelligently degenerate as possible when I'm betting right. in the prop market. So I do my projections. I have this at 180.5. So certainly seeing some value there on the number of 197 and a half in the prop market. And uh, Jeff, I'm, I'm with you here. You know, I would say that uh, we do a live stream. We will have a live stream coming up uh, this Sunday uh, for week one, where we highlight our favorite spreads, 
totals, money lines, props, teaser legs, and uh, a total that I might highlight in the the live stream uh, is for this game. And yep. uh, it would have to do with enthusiasm about the ability for the Falcons to be able to run all over, all over the Panthers. It's not yep. just that they run heavily, they run efficiently as well. Uh, so normally I think it's kind of stupid for a team to be this devoted to the running game, but when you do it as efficiently as the Falcons do, then I, I guess it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm with you there on Desmond Ritter under 197 and a half passing yards. Uh, my number five bet here is Gus Edwards under seven and a half carries minus one fourteen at FanDuel. My projection is 5.8 and this is correlated to another prop that I'm highlighting later. That is a, a hashtag tease, very professional podcast that we are doing here. Uh, so the, the theory behind this bet is that I think that new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, there's been a, a ton of reporting done that he wants to throw the ball more. And so I think that means we will see less overall work for the Baltimore running backs. And then because Edwards is more of a between the tackles grinder and not so much a pass catcher, I think that inclination for the passing game will also mean that he's just on the field less than he generally was last year as the number two running back. And the Ravens, Big home favorites that is normally correlated with running backs getting some rushing work, especially in the second half. But I think this could be a situation where the Ravens pass to build the lead. And then by the time they are really relying on the running game in the second half, maybe they're using their number three running back, Justice Hill, a little bit more than uh, we would expect. Uh, and then on top of that, the Ravens running game, like it's still going to be built around Lamar Jackson. You know, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league, maybe the best running quarterback in the league. He's always going to still carries from his running backs. So you put all that together. And then finally, the Texans defense. It was bad last year against the run, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bottom three. It was number 24 in rush EPA and rush success rate. You know, that's like. It's not quite middle of the road, but like it's not outright exploitable. And then this year, that defense could be better with the new defensive staff head coach D'Amico Ryan's coming in there. I think this could be actually a closer game than the betting lines would maybe imply, which means that we maybe don't get that garbage time at the end of this game where you just have Gus Edwards and other running backs getting a slew of carries to grind down the clock. So you put all that together. I like Gus Edwards under seven and a half. Jeff, do you have any thoughts on that bet? No, I mean, look, the Ravens, I mean, I, I like this one. Yeah, and, and look, they, they added another run stopper in Will Anderson, like in the top five of drafts. So I, I do expect the Houston run defense to be a little bit better than people expect. I could see this game being close is the other thing. And then the Ravens run game is just... Like you said, you really never know. I mean, everyone talks up J.K. Dobbins, but, you know, like Justice Hill is still there. I mean, Gus Edwards getting eight carries, that's a lot. The, to me, like, you need a very specific game script for him to get there. So I, I like this one quite a bit. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think the other thing with the Ravens, I think they're going to try and prove a point. Yeah, everyone's been talking up Todd Monken and, and they brought in all these receivers. I think they're just going to throw a little bit more than people think. Like, I actually almost put... Lamar Jackson's under at 50.5 as, as a, a prop here, um, just because I think the Ravens are going to try and sit back and throw the ball more just to prove a point because that, that's been the talk. So um, whether it's going to work or not, I don't know. I kind of like Houston a little bit in this game just from a spread perspective, but I'm, I'm with you here. 
eight carries for Gus Edwards seems like a lot. And um, it's not really something I'd want to take over at all. So like that one, I'll probably be tailing you on that, to be honest. So. All right. Well, I, I hope you didn't tell me last night because, again, last night, total disaster. I tailed you on Jarek McKinnon. OK, we went under on that. We hit one. So don't, right. don't make it look like you, you hit a bagel. We hit we hit at least one. So we're good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jeff, your number four prop here. Uh, you okay. like Elijah yeah. Moore over two and a half receptions. Talk to me about that. Yeah, this one's a little interesting. Um, was really surprised at this number. Like, it's just so low. Um, you have to pay a little bit of juice to get it. It was up on BetMGM, I think, last night, but I think they took it down. The best I could find now is minus 135 on 365. Um, I, and you know what? Like, I don't, I don't try. I Obviously, we're trying not to bet, like, huge juice and, and go, especially with overs. But, like, this one, to me, just, I'm fine with it. I'm going to take it. Um, Elijah Moore led um, the, the Browns and targets in preseason, um, with, with four, 13 passes from Deshaun Watson. He's going to be schemed out of the slot. And I like this game as well. I mean, I like this game for points. I think this game is going to be pretty fast pace. I kind of like the over in it. So if you're telling me that, like, all I need is three receptions from a guy who may actually lead the Browns and targets here. I don't think that this is a bad price at all. Even if you have to play it down to like minus minus one forty. Um, he's going to be schemed out of the slot. They were using him all over the field. He's going to play a ton of snaps. And I think he's just a good player as well. I, I almost want to correlate if you want to correlate it or something. I think you could almost look at like an under on Amari Cooper as well, but um, who was actually a little bit banged up. But again, I think that just plays more into Elijah Moore getting more targets. So um, yeah, I like this one. Obviously, we don't love the juice or anything like that, but I think this total is just, it's just one of those situations where after week one, I don't think you're going to see 2.5 receptions for Elijah Moore. I think you're really buying into a spot where people just aren't sure and they're, they're, this total is up and people aren't necessarily going out of their way to bet it yet. But I think after week one, you won't see this kind of total on Elijah Moore. So I'm going over it, paying a little bit of juice, like I said, but um, I just think the situation is uh, is right to take advantage of. Yeah, he was productive uh, with the Jets when he wasn't chained, wasn't shackled to Zach Wilson at quarterback. So this looks like a positive situation. I tend to be a little bit skeptical on overs. Like I just, you know, and even last night, I bet too many overs. I, recency bias is starting to, to seep in here. But, you know, in, in these markets, I prefer unders when I can get them. But that said, I have this projected at three. I have him at, at three receptions here. So there probably is some value here on the over my number four prop here Darius Slayton under two and a half receptions plus 125 at bet MGM I have this projected at 2.3 so a little bit of value in terms of the projection and a little bit of value in terms of the market you know this is close to a coin flip and if I can flip coins at you know plus 125 odds I will gladly do that the Giants passing game, I think it's going to funnel to new tight end Darren Waller. They also have running back Saquon Barkley who gets usage in the passing game. So I think they're going to be limited targets for the wide receivers. And then I think there's going to be a rotation at wide receiver, especially early in the season as the team kind of tries to figure out who its core three wide receivers are going to be. And so I expect Slayton to start out as one of the starters, but I don't think he's going to get that full starter workload. I think he's going to rotate in and out with, uh, you know, Jalen Hyatt and, you know, some of those slot guys as well. Uh, and then, you know, the, the giants offense, I think it's going still just as we saw last year to be pretty ground based. 
you know, running Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones getting more carries than you would maybe expect. Uh, and then the Cowboys defense, you know, where it's most exploitable, I think is on the ground. Uh, and so it probably makes sense if you're the Giants to try to attack the Cowboys through the running game. And so I think that also just means fewer targets for all of the Giants pass catchers. Uh, and then under head coach Brian Dable, uh, Daniel Jones, you know, early in his career, he wasn't afraid to throw a deep, you know, he got the Danny dimes nickname. Like we haven't seen Danny dimes in a while, like under Dable, he's been focused more on the short to intermediate parts of the field. And Slayton is a downfield receiver, you know? So I think there are just going to be fewer targets specifically for him in this game. And so that's kind of like a a worst case scenario of everything that I painted for him. I mean, I think it's realistic, but that's sort of like skewing to the negative side. But even if he has a good game, a good game for Slayton could mean two receptions, 67 yards and a touchdown, right? You know, so like even if Slayton has a good game, the under still has a chance of cashing in this spot. And if he has a bad game, then I, I think obviously the under is cashing in like a 90% rate here. Uh, so I like all this. And then finally the matchup, it's a tough matchup against the Cowboys who have three very good safeties. And then they also added cornerback Stefan Gilmore this off season. So I think it's a tough matchup. And I think in general, he isn't the kind of guy who's going to get a lot of volume anyway within that offense. So very much like Darius Slayton here under two and a half receptions at positive odds. Yeah. Jeff, any thoughts on this bet? Uh, no, I mean, look, it's like the exact opposite situation for Darius Slayton than, you know, like the, the guy I brought up in Elijah Moore. Slayton is like the afterthought in that offense. He just, he's on the field a ton, but he just runs out. He just runs go routes. Like, and, and like you said, Sometimes he might come down four for 80, but like even last year without Jalen Hyatt, without Darren Waller, he was, he was like the third look, like he's not the guy who's getting big targets in this offense at all. Um, I think the fact that you can get plus 125 on this makes it just really, really good. It's something like, I, I mean, I, I would be pretty shocked if Slayton got more than four or five targets. Five even just seems like absurd with Hyatt being worked in Paris Campbell as well. He's going to be on the field, but like you said, it's a tough matchup too. Uh, I just think that with the, the odds that we're getting, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in line with that one. Like I said, it's just a completely different situation, I think, than, um, than, than a guy like Elijah Moore because, you know, um, Slayton just isn't going to be moved around. He's, he's just a very, like, linear sort of uh, receiver for them. So, yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense to me. All right, so for your third prop, you have Deontay Johnson over 49 and a half yards receiving. Talk to me about this one here. Yeah, I mean, again, like a, a kind of a theme for me for week one is just looking for undervalued receivers that I, I think that are better than, than the lines are putting out. I think that week one, um, there's a little bit of trepidation in the market. Uh, again, like you, I mean, I like the bet unders as well. They're, they're generally just a better bet. They give you injury outs. They give you everything, but I'm going to Deontay Johnson over 49.5 receiving yards. I just think that Deontay Johnson is being disrespected by this line. Um, he's a guy who had a 30% target share in preseason. The Steelers offense was cooking there, obviously. Um, and, and I mean, again, like the Steelers are a team where, um, you know, th like they've taken to me, they're probably going to take a big just leap up in terms of offense. Um, Kenny Pickett's second year, we even just saw Deontay Johnson when he was targeted in preseason, you know, his dot was up. He was getting more air yards than he was last year. And I mean, Deontay Johnson is also just good. He's just one of the best pure route runners in the league. He's going to get himself open. So 
Um, we're talking about a, a elite wide receiver one with a, a sub 50 yard receiving total. And I mean, again, you look at the matchup versus San Francisco, it, it's tough on paper, but if you look traditionally just at that uh, San Francisco secondary, they're big guys out there, but they really do struggle against these, these sort of shifty slot receivers. Cooper Cup has just destroyed them in the past. Cooper Cup destroys everyone, but Tyler Lockett's gone off. Yeah, they get they allowed 100 yards to Greg Dortch last year. And, and I think that kind of just speaks to um, how you attack the San Francisco offense. It's with you know quick slants over to the middle to a guy like Deontay Johnson, who's going to get open in about two seconds um, for a guy like Kenny Pickett to get rid of the ball of quick. So I think 49.5 um, when you're looking at this, you know, like, again, I, I want to take a stand on Deontay Johnson early in the season. I think he's going to have a big year. I think it's a good way to do it. Uh, I think this total will will be up in, in future weeks. So a bit of a macro thing for me with Deontay Johnson. I want to play him a lot. This also gives me exposure to the Steelers offense. Um, but yeah, I, I like this matchup. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be really good. I think part of it is Deontay Johnson's going to come out of the gates hot. And I like this total. Um, I think that the fact that you can still get it under 50 uh, just makes it one that you should be adding. So um, yeah, Deontay Johnson over 49.5 receiving yards. I think he's in for a, a decent week one. All right, I see the bull case. I will not be joining you on that bet, but I I don't think it's a, a bad bet. I have it projected for 50.9, so slightly to the over. And then our in our official fantasy life projections here, we have it at 55.6. So stronger to the over than I am. Uh, I see the case. I see the case for it. And for fantasy, I do like Deontay Johnson this year. I think for his career, he's been supremely undervalued. Um, you know, if the guy had just scored a few touchdowns last year, I don't think we would, I don't think there would be the perception out there, especially in the fantasy market, that this guy is just some, uh, some mediocre guy. Like he's actually a pretty good, if he's not like a true number one, he's like a really strong number two who can do some serviceable number one work as a receiver. So uh, I like him. I just probably won't be on it. But your point of mentioning the, uh, the, the wide receivers who have some inside outside versatility, you know, like cup, like Tyler Lockett and how those guys have had success against the 49ers. That does make me think here. And, and so like, I, I might go in, do a little more research. Maybe I'm going to bump him up a little bit in my projection here. Cause I, I do think that's an angle that I hadn't thought about. So I, I like that there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence for my third bet. I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. I'm taking an over here being adventurous over 11 and a half rushing yards, minus 110 odds at bet MGM. I have this projected for 16.4. So in a market like this, that is a massive difference, you know, where like on the low end, I think Trevor Lawrence is getting around 11 and a half, but for his career, you know, he's significantly higher than that. So I, I typically prefer unders, but I noticed that this week, the market in general is in my opinion, too low on like the mid tier dual threat quarterbacks. So, or like the pocket passers who still have rushing ability. So guys like Lawrence, think of Patrick Mahomes last night, how he crushed the, uh, the over under for his rushing total, but Lawrence, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert. So guys who are pocket passers, um, and they're being lined as pocket passers, but only as pocket passers, but they still have the ability to escape the pocket, to scramble for extra yards. Uh, so I, I like Lawrence. I like those other guys I mentioned as well. It's a small sample, but in four games against Gus Bradley's Colts defense, Lawrence has had in order 30, 33, 17, 
11 and 23 yards rushing with at least three carries in each game. So I think he's, you know, priced very much near his floor. And for his career, his mean is 18.4 rushing yards per game. His median is 19. So I don't see at all why this line is where it currently is. I think it really is priced near his floor. So I see a ton of value in this. Even if it moved up to 13 and a half, 14 and a half, I would probably still be taking the over there. So I think there's some room from this number and this line for it to grow in the market and still have value. Jeff, any thoughts here? I, I mean, Lawrence is, is interesting from a rushing perspective. I, I, I know I've, I, I, t- I tried to, to kind of, you know, go, go big on him with rushing touchdowns a couple times last year. I probably missed all those bets, but he's very boomer bust. Like they don't do a ton of what I call designed runs for Trevor Lawrence, but at the same time, like, like you said, I mean, he, he's, he's an agile guy. Like he gets out of the pocket and he seems to either go for like 25 plus yards or like six yards. So that'd be my only trepidation is if like, you know, they're, they're, the, the Colts are just so bad. And the, and the, the Jacksonville or the Jaguars just pound their running backs. Cause now they have two running backs and they decide to just not, not do anything with Trevor Lawrence. Um, there are games like that for him, but at the same time, like, yeah, I can't argue with the projections here. Lawrence, like you said, is, is for his career averages well over this. Um, I like the fact that, you know, like you said, with the, um, the, the history against the Colts defense as well, I think that actually makes sense. I know one thing I was looking into, um, yesterday was just, you know, like the Colts didn't allow a ton of big plays, but at the same time, like, I think that's interesting that they were allowing Lawrence in the quarterback position to get after it. So something to look at there for sure. Um, I'm not sure about this one. I mean, I definitely like your, the, the thing you brought up about the, um, the rushing court, like the pocket quarterbacks being undervalued. Cause I know I was looking at Bryce Young's total. That's another guy I'd put in that basket of, of quarterbacks with a little bit of mobility, but um, uh, I like, I'd probably like that situation a little bit more than Lawrence. Cause I feel like Bryce Young is just going to be under duress and just be out there scrambling. So he might, that's another guy to look at. But I mean, I, again, I, I can't, I don't know if I'll be tailing this one, but I definitely understand it. I mean, it, it seems like a little bit too low for week one for Lawrence. Um, he's been a little bit boomer bust, but that's a pretty big gap in projection. And um, yeah, it totally makes sense to me. So I think it's a good point about uh, a quarterback like Young, who is an underdog, going to be under duress, likelier yep. to escape the pocket versus Lawrence, who could probably sit back in the pocket and never really have to scramble. Uh, and then, of course, there is the possibility of him taking uh, a couple of knees at the end of the game right. to, uh, to to push this really the under it. there. Yeah. yeah. So if if at some point he has like 17 yards rushing and then he takes some knees at the end of the game, I will be, uh, you know, very unhappy. We'll, we'll revisit it next like week. That. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but something, something to think about. I still like the over here, 11 and a half rushing yards for Trevor Lawrence. All right, Jeff, your number two prop here, Nico Collins over 40 and a half receiving yards. Talk to me here. Yeah. I mean, same kind of theme, obviously, uh, you know, just hammering the overs in week one, but no, I'm, I'm we're going to end with an under, but um, same kind of theme as the last one. I mean, I, I actually like this one quite a bit. Nico Collins you know, I'm not going to pretend like to be a, a Nico Collins whisper or anything, but I mean, he's set up as a wide receiver one um, for the Houston Texans. You know, he had a 91% route participate, participation rate in preseason, 30% target share. This is all from Dwayne McFarlane, who just throws out awesome usage stats on fantasy life. You can check his, um, 
his usage article out every week, uh, his util- utilization stats. So make sure you do that. But I mean, Collins was working as the, the wide receiver one with CJ Stroud when they were on the field. He's also going up against the Baltimore secondary that doesn't have Marlon Humphreys and is really thin after that. Um, another guy may even be banged up in their secondary. But yeah, either way, it's just a good matchup. It's just a good secondary. I saw from CJ Stroud, he's an accurate passer. I think he's probably easily the best passer of the uh, of the rookie quarterbacks. So I like that. I think that he's a little bit undervalued from that perspective as well. Um, and I also just don't think like Houston may be as bad as everyone thinks. So, and you know what, even if they are bad, you know, garbage time could get us there. But um, Nico Collins, to me, you know, regardless of what you think about him from a talent perspective, this is a player who hit the over on this in six out of eight games with Brandon Cooks in the lineup last year. Um, that's, that's good. Cooks is gone. I mean, the target share isn't going down. Um, like I said, the matchup here is good. Could CJ Stroud absolutely just throw up on himself in week one? Maybe. And, and that's definitely a concern. Do we know the exact rotation of the, the Texans wide receiver core yet? Not really, but also, you know, like there's Mechie's banged up. I think Collins is going to play almost every snap. And I think this total is again, much like Deontay Johnson, just too low on a guy who people are just a little bit trepidatious about, don't know enough about this offense. And I think this is just rookie quarterback jitters here with the market. I think Collins probably is three, four yards too low here. Um, I'll take it over 40.5. You can still find even at 41.5. I'd be happy to take that. Um, but this is a player who I think that, you know, this game um, will we'll push him there one way or the other. We just got to avoid that injury or, or whatnot. So, you know, I tend to be pessimistic, uh, you know, a veritable wet blanket and just the way like my, my mind is oriented. It's normally easier for me to see like the bear case with something than the bull case. So, you know, I have this projected still to the over 43.3 and the, the number here is 40 and a half, uh, Wayne McFarlane, who is powering a lot of the inputs that go into our projections and who I would say, you know, pound for pound is like the best utilization guy in the industry. And so someone who uh, I think would be uniquely situated to think about the new circumstances in which Nico Collins finds himself as the number one wide receiver. And then also a new quarterback, their new play caller for the Texans. Uh, he has, I mean, they're not officially his projections, but he's the one who's managing a lot of this. Our projections at Fantasy Life, the official projections, have that at 59.1. So yeah. well, well to the over there. Uh, it makes me think I might need to go in and, and examine a little bit of what's going on there. But I just I'm so I'm so pessimistic about this Texans team in general. Uh, you know, Nico Collins, his his true first year as a number one wide receiver, rookie quarterback. I'm going to be skeptical. That said, if I were to be betting into this, I think I would probably try to scale up a little bit. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I think, I think if he hits, he might yeah. hit in a big way. That's Great all way line past. Yeah. yeah. He, could, he could ladder bet it. You know, if he can get like 50 yeah. plus 75 plus, that's a great idea. And I, I think he's a, a great candidate for that too. That's probably something I'll actually be doing with him to be honest. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think if I were betting on the bull case for him, that's probably the way I would, I would look to attack yeah. this. All right. My number two prop here, JK Dobbins under 15 and a half carries minus 120 at points bet. My projection is 13.1. Now this is correlated with the Edwards play and it's a general way of investing in the prevailing thesis that the Ravens are going to pass much more this season than they have previously. And a lot of what I said about Edwards 
applies here. And I like the idea of putting Edwards and Dobbins unders in same game parlays because I think that they're likelier to be positively correlated than negatively correlated. Now, normally running backs on the same team are negatively correlated in their carries. Like if one guy doesn't get that many carries, it's probably because the other guy ended up getting more carries than expected. But here, I think they both could go under because of a misunderstanding in the market based on the idea of how this offense in a big picture macro perspective is going to function. So I like the idea of being under for both of them. I guess framed differently, I think it's likelier that both of these unders hit than that both of these bets fail to cash. So I'm going to attack just the unders on the running game in general for Baltimore in week one. Jeff, any thoughts here on Dobbins under 15 and a half? It, I mean, it's really interesting you brought this up because I would say like out of all the teams and like the units and stuff, I, the the Baltimore backfield is like one that I have looked into the least. Like I've done the least research on. I, I have like no exposure to them in best ball or fantasy or anything. There's just, I just haven't thought about them. But the reason I haven't thought about them is for the reasons you brought up. I, like it's, it's going to be a different offense. And I think that people are just like overlooking that. Like I don't want any exposure to J.K. Dobbins because... I don't think it's going to be like super run heavy. And when it's run heavy, you've got Lamar Jackson to worry about. So it's kind of in line with why, why I haven't been paying attention to this situation very much. And I also think like the Ravens typically get like three guys involved. Like they, they rotate backs a lot. JK Dobbins isn't a guy I'd want to be betting on for 16, to 18 carries, um, especially in week one in a new offense. So yeah, you bring up the same game parlay. I mean, I, I like the Gus Edwards one. I like this one just as much. But that's a great way to play this. I mean, that was the first thought I saw in my head when I when I saw these unders. Like, let's correlate this somehow. Um, and and I think like putting them in a same game parlay obviously is, makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no pushback here. Like I said, I I wanted to play maybe even the Lamar Jackson under, um, but I think these ones probably are, are a little bit better because you've just got so many outs. I mean, the game flow. Running backs get injured. Justice Hill could make an appearance could go on and on. So yeah, um, again, just, just not a situation I want to be bullish on at all and, and haven't been all pre all off season. So, um, yeah, I'm totally in line there. All right, Jeff, your number one, your favorite prop for the week one slate, Miles Sanders under 15 and a half carries. Talk to me here. Yeah, this, I mean, this one goes a little bit with the first prop I brought up, obviously, Desmond Ritter under. Um, we're, we're just playing for the fact that Carolina is going to be running the ball all over the yard. Um, the, the Carolina Panthers, to me, are just a team that I want nothing to do with in terms of, like, you know, betting on them to have success. Their offensive line was terrible in the preseason when you're you're trying to go out and guard your rookie quarterback and they've gotten guards just getting absolutely piloned out there. Um, it, it just speaks to the fact that this is just not going to be a great situation for a guy like Miles Sanders. I think the only risk is Miles Sanders is in a pretty good usage spot, but at the same time, like Chuba Hubbard is there. I mean, he, he is going to get some usage as well. He's going to get worked in. We're also talking about a guy in Sanders who was injured in the preseason. So there's a little bit of risk there. I think ultimately though, Carolina is just a team that you should be fading. Um, 16 carries is a lot for Miles Sanders. Um, Atlanta's going to play at a slower pace. Atlanta's probably going to dominate on offense and, uh, and be able to move the ball there. And, and I think that again, you know, just from a projection standpoint, it's pretty hard to, to put Miles Sanders above 
15 carries for, for the first game here. We don't really know what the usage is. We don't really know um, how good, you know, the, this Carolina team is. And I think even if you look at the upside for Carolina, it, it, it's just, it's hard for me to really like get too, too excited about it. So really comes down to Carolina's in a tough spot. Um, I think Atlanta is going to absolutely suck the pace out of this game. And I want nothing to do with Miles Sanders taking 16 and more carries. So I like this one. Yeah, 16 and a half is, uh, or 16, that, that's a, a large number for road underdogs with uh, rookie quarterback, new head coach, yeah. you know, new, new everything, basically, you know, and, and Miles Sanders on a new team as well. So yeah, pretty, pretty easy to, to take the under in that situation. All right. My favorite and by far my favorite prop for this week is Josh Dobbs under 210 and a half passing yards minus 115 at points bet. I my projection is so low that like there it's it's probably wrong, you know. I have this at 160.4, but you know, here's here's the thing. Josh Hobbs is bad, you know. Yeah, and it's like I don't, I I don't even know where to start really, but you know, theoretically, he knows the offense from uh, his time together in Cleveland with offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, but Dobbs has only two career starts. Petzing has never called plays before, so the offense and Dobbs could both be bad. Uh, Dobbs has only the slightest of holds on the starting job, and if he's bad or this game gets out of hand, he could legit be benched, even though it's week one. Like, there's a, there's a chance of that happening. Uh, I expect the Cardinals to try to play with a ball control style, uh, you know, to try to minimize the impact that their quarterback has on the game. Uh, running back James Conner is probably the best offensive player that the team has at this point. So, uh, you know, they might not give Dobbs all that many opportunities to pass the ball anyway. And then when he gets the pass attempts, I don't think he's going to be efficient. Uh, and then, of course, he has minimal support. Uh, you know, very few pass catchers who were really established within that offense. His weapons are subpar. Uh, and then he has a challenging matchup uh, as well. You know, I expect him to be under a lot of pressure from the commanders uh, who last year were number one in drop back success rate. So, uh, you know, wide, I, actually, no, not a wide range of outcomes. You know, I would say a, a range of outcomes and the, those outcomes are heavily skewed to the downside here. Like if Dobbs goes over this number of 210 and a half, I think he barely does it. He maybe yeah. clears it by 10 or 20 yards. Yeah. You know, uh, if he goes under, he could literally have a hundred yards for the game. Like that's a realistic worst case scenario. So absolutely love this bet here. It like scratches all of the itches that I have when I love to bet unders Josh Dobbs under 210 and a half passing yards. Jeff, are, are you betting this with me? If I can find a line, I mean, I'm so shocked that we, we were even getting an opportunity to do it. Um, he's like, I know he's probably going to start, but like, he look, look, we could get like the rug pull and Clayton Toon could go out there, snap one. Like you're, you're, I think you're underselling this. This is ridiculous. I'm shocked that we can even uh, bet this to be honest. So yeah, no, Josh Dobbs is not good. Like you said, if he goes over this, it's going to be by a slim margin. Um, that's great because, you know, like the, the upside scenario is just it not only is it not going to happen very often, but it's just so thin that, you know, the, the under comes into play. It's a, 
this is a big total for Josh Dobbs, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I got nothing to say. Like I said, the, the biggest problem with this prop is just trying to find the line on it if you can, but, um, if it's available, it is definitely one I will have on there. And, um, I, I, yeah, Carolina or the Cardinals are going to be terrible. I'm, I'm almost shocked that they're not going with Clayton too. And I really wouldn't be surprised if we saw some kind of QB rotation in this game, if Dobbs just starts off so bad, what is what is, what do the Cardinals have to lose by getting Clayton tuned some work? Absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, Dobbs under, if, if you can get this line, it's, it's definitely one I'd be in line with. Yeah. Honestly, one of my biggest fears with this is that, uh, the reporting is wrong and that Clayton tune ends up starting and oh. this just gets graded as no action. Boy, did, yeah, <laughs> that is actually true. I never even thought about it. Yeah, that's true. You know, so that, that is something that I'm thinking about. All right, Jeff, you're doing fantastic content at Fantasy Life. What are the things that you have been working on this week? Yeah, man, um, lots of stuff. We're going to have, uh, you know, a shout out to Underdog because I, I love playing props there. Um, you know, you can play their higher, lower rivals games. I'll have an Underdog Pick'em article up every week. And, uh, you know, the, the lines on underdog obviously move quite a bit too. So, um, something that to, to keep track of, but definitely check that out. Got a week one best bets article coming out, highlighting some of the stuff. I like some of the stuff Matt likes some of the stuff LaMarca likes the bet tracker likes. So check that out as well. Um, and then, you know, uh, obviously check out the game hubs as well, guys, we got all our bets at lists, all our bets there. We got game previews up, but, uh, there's so much stuff going up right now. Uh, really excited, obviously with betting life, the newsletter, sign up for that too. We'll have content there, but um, yeah, man, just a uh, ton of stuff every week. And uh, obviously uh, we'll be doing this uh, together, uh, the prop show every Friday too. So yeah, the, the game hub is a fantastic resource. You do great work there. And then, yeah, this was fun. It was, it was fun chopping it up, looking at, at these week one props and uh, seeing where there's value because it, you know, come week nine, this market isn't going to be quite as, uh, as generous as the week one market is. Yeah. So yeah, this is the time to make some hay here. All right, that's going to do it for the prop pod brought to you by Fantasy Live. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends. Join the Discord. See all of our bets in the free Fantasy Life bet tracker and follow us on social media at the Fantasy Grind and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.